The latest on Carlos Correa and the Twins reported interest in Michael Waka. What it all means on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker, three seasons hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins, four seasons, four off seasons, writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. What's the latest on Carlos Correa? Still no agreement. Well, I guess there was an agreement. Still no pen to paper with the New York Mets. No announcement of his deal with the New York Mets. And the Twins, according to Dan Hayes and Aaron Gleeman of The Athletic, have reported interest in free agent starter Michael Waka. We're going to break those two things down today, starting with Carlos Correa. This whole situation, absurd. I was in Cabo on the, the tram back to the, to the cruise boat from Cabo, and I saw on Twitter Carlos Correa in agreement with the San Francisco Giants on a, what was it, 14, 330, something crazy. And I thought, wow, or 13, 350, I think it was. I thought, wow, okay, well, it's over. And we had a plenty of analysis after that, shows breaking it down, Correa, the deal, Twins lost him, it sucks. Oh, no, he's not going to be a Giant. Oh, he's going to be a Met just before Christmas. Agreement with the Mets still has not signed with the Mets. The Giants boxed because of his physical. They were scared about an injury he sustained in the minor leagues in his ankle, and he has a. a, It's been surgically repaired. The Mets are now concerned about the surgically repaired ankle. We had somewhat of a significant update to me today from Ken Rosenthal on the Athletic uh, podcast. He said, "If Correa signs this deal with the Mets." It's going to be dramatically different than the 12-year, $315 million reported agreement between the two sides. Dramatically different. Wow. I mean, wow. An injury that happened, I believe it was eight years ago in the minor leagues. He went from $350 million, $350, to $315 million to who knows. He's going to get paid a lot of money. He's going to get paid Hundreds of millions, I'm sure, still, I think. But it this situation looks dire for Carlos Correa in terms of maximizing his earning power. Does that translate into a one-year, two-year deal with the Mets or with somebody else? That's the problem here. The problem isn't that the Mets are worried about 2024, 2025, or 2023, 2024, 2025. Carlos Correa has appeared in 89% of his team's games the last three seasons. They are concerned about how that ankle is going to hold up, that surgically repaired ankle, in five, six, seven, eight years. They're worried about that. They're worried about the length and paying him $30 million or $25 million into his 30s when they don't feel comfortable with his physical and his ankle. So a one-year deal really does nothing for the Mets. Like They want him for 2023. They made that clear. They want him for 2024. They want him for 2025. Clearly. That stops 
before the 12 years that was initially in this agreement. Clearly, it stops their their want for Carlos Correa deep into that deal. It's It's been wild. Dan Hayes and Aaron Gleeman also reported today, Dan Hayes wrote, that the Twins remain interested. They're interested in getting involved with Carlos Correa again, even after all of this, which is encouraging for me to hear. But also that Correa, the, the sense is Correa prefers to be a Met. He wants to join the Mets who look like they're ready to win a World Series and they're going to continue to supplement, continue to spend a bunch of money in free agency with Steve Cohen. He wants to play next to his buddy Francisco Lindor. He mentioned he can add strength because he's playing third base. Like he can get bigger when he was worried about his side-to-side agility with lifting and, and getting stronger at short. He doesn't have to worry about that as much at third. So he feels he can put on strength and hit for more power at the plate. I think he sold himself on everything Mets. I, I think he did. And it's hard. And I would I know, like from a, a person's perspective, once you've put yourself into that headspace, he probably put himself in San Francisco headspace too. I'm sure he did, although that happened quickly. You put yourself in a headspace. Okay, this is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. This is where we're going to live. This is what my life is going to look like. Oh, I can't wait for this and this and this. And this is why this is so great for me right now. There are a bunch of those reasons. And then someone says to you, we don't know if this is going to happen. Or maybe, you know, the twins come in, for example, and say, we're interested in getting involved again. For Correa, it's like, I've already sold myself on the idea of being a Met. And it's not hard to sell yourself on the idea of being a Met. I I would also sell myself on the idea of being a Met if I came to an agreement for $315 million. And I'm thinking, this team is ridiculous, first of all. And I have an owner who's going to continue to try to win and continue to spend money to, to supplement this roster more than anybody else in baseball by a country mile. So I get it. I get that. I get that he wouldn't want the Twins to get back involved. He wants this thing to get done with the Mets. It's not done. And Ken Rosenthal saying that, wow. Correa also posted like an Instagram story today with his his son Kylo wearing an I Love New York shirt, like a onesie, I Love New York, and it made its way around baseball Twitter. People like, what does this mean? What does this mean? I, I think it's part of that. He, their family is like ready. They're ready to be New Yorkians. I don't know. Yankee I don't know what they say they're ready to live in New York they're ready to be Mets and and I think that's completely understandable like I said it's easy to sell yourself on being a New York Met at this point it's a big market Correa loves that he loves the spotlight it makes sense for a lot of different reasons I still expect it to get done but it's noteworthy it's January 3rd this thing is still not done and there's spring training is not going to start for another month month and a half this thing it's still not done, which is significant. After this word from Bet Online, Twins reported interest in Michael Waka, what it means for the rotation. First, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball to hockey. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Again, they have everything you're looking for. And as far as the platform, whether you want to use your computer, your mobile device, your iPad, whatever platform you are looking to use, it's easy to use with BetOnline.net. It's user-friendly. It's really, really nice and sleek and clean and 
easy. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day. Now make Lockdown MLB Prospects your next listen. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Twins reportedly have interest, according again to Dan Hayes and Aaron Gleeman, in right-handed starter Michael Waka. There are two right-handed starters left on the market, basically in the four to five range of a rotation, and it would be Michael Waka and Johnny Cueto, both still free agents. Waka, 31 years old. He seems a lot older to me because I remember when he pitched for the Cardinals, and that was like in my childhood, and I would think he would be a lot older than 31. But he's only 31, and he's coming off the best year of his career since his St. Louis days. Michael Waka for the Red Sox last year went 11 and two with a 3.32 ERA and 23 starts. Had a 4.14 FIP, so the strikeout he doesn't really strike anybody out, and that's a problem with your feeling independent pitching. Strikeouts, walks, home runs, gave up some homers, but less 18 homers and 127 and a third for the Red Sox. 104 strikeouts and just 31 walks. Cut that walk rate. Walk rate is tiny, tiny, six percent in his last three seasons combined. Michael Walker has a 5.8% walk rate and a 22% strikeout rate, 41% ground ball rate, fly ball pitcher. Michael Walker fits the mold of, of a lot of twin starters just on the surface, and this is why. He's a veteran, right-handed starting pitcher whose best pitch is a changeup, throws in the low to mid-90s, and has reverse splits for his entire career. Let's go through the twins rotation. Sonny Gray. Veteran, right-handed, low to mid-90s. His best pitch is not a changeup, so Sonny does not check that box. But reverse splits his entire career. Tyler Malley, best pitch is a changeup, low to mid-90s. Reverse splits in his career. Right-handed, veteran starter. Chris Paddock, who the Twins traded for. Best pitch is a changeup, low to mid-90s fastball. Veteran right-hander, reverse splits in his career. Pablo Lopez, who the Twins have been interested in reportedly this offseason. Right-handed vet, low to mid-90s fastball. Best pitches a changeup and reverse splits. Actually, I don't think Pablo is reverse splits, so that one doesn't count for Pablo. But you see what I'm saying. A lot of these guys look the same with those qualities, and Michael Waka fits that bill entirely. 93-mile-an-hour fastball on average last year. Changeup is truly an elite pitch. Expected Woba on the changeup, 247, 35% swing and miss rate on the changeup. He shut down lefties last year, shut them down. Righties hit him up pretty good. So reverse splits, stark reverse splits in 2022. Righties had a 761 OPS against him. Lefties, 598. There's your difference right there. Lefties hit 188 against Michael Walker. It's a big part of that is the changeup. Changeup neutralizes lefties as a right-handed pitcher. Same goes for left-handed pitcher against right-handed hitters. Changeup neutralizes the opposite side of the plate. Michael Walker's best pitch is a changeup, therefore dominates left-handed hitters the the third pitch is a cutter and it didn't get hit very hard but it should have gotten hit very hard based on batted ball data in 2022 you think right-handed hitters you go four seamer with the cutter left-handed hitters you go four seamer with the changeup. it's a pretty simple approach but the problem is his cutter is not a great pitch expected era was 456 in 2022 he's your pretty prototypical Four or five veteran starter going to get a one-year deal for maybe eight, nine, ten, maybe even more million dollars. Uh, baseball perspective, or excuse me, baseball reference has him for a 406 ERA 
in 133 innings in 2023. We said throughout the offseason, Twins don't need these types of pitchers, right? They don't need these these middle-level pitchers who don't have frontline upside, but this is where we're at. That's the truth. Like, there's just not a lot of guys left. The Twins have missed out on Nathan Yavaldi, Carlos Rodon, among others, guys they could have signed. I think more importantly, it's less about this free agent class of starters. Like, people are going to be upset that the Twins didn't sign a free agent starter at the top of the market, but I would argue that you should be more upset that they didn't do it last year. I would have wanted them to do it. I really wanted them to do it last year that they would have signed. And, and it was a landmine of sorts. Like it would have been, had to be the right guy because some of those deals don't look great. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez doesn't look so hot on that contract right now, but someone having someone like Kevin Gossman in the rotation right now on a five-year deal, that would have been huge for this team. And even having Marcus Showman right now would be huge for this team. Just like frontline, Number two starter, Gaussman, I think, has number one upside. Stroh's a clear number two to me. That would have been big. That's more important to me than this free agent period of starting pitchers. Can't say the same about the shortstops. I can't say that. I, this free agent period for shortstops, this was their opportunity to go out and get one of those you know, top-level shortstops. They didn't. But for starting pitchers, I'm less annoyed than I was last year because I thought last year was an opportunity to sign one of those guys on a four- or five-year deal and lock them into the rotation into the mid-2020s. That was that was the key there. More on Michael Waka, Twins Pursuits and Free Agency after this word from Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is that they're healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein that's huge for a type 1 diabetic like me now you don't want to wait around to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Head to your nearest Walmart today, or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. That's built.com. Michael Waka, he just fits their, their, their bill, right? Just fits their bill. And I said after the Joey Gallo signing, my, my point with the Joey Gallo signing was this is where we're going. This offseason, it's going to be one year deals because nobody left really is going to sign a multi year deal. Like maybe Jerks and Profar, maybe some of the relievers, but at this point, it's going to be one year deals on the free agent market. It's over for multi year deals for the Twins, unless it's Profar or a two year deal for Fulmer or a two year deal for Andrew Chafin, somebody else, but it's unlikely for the Twins. So I think, like I said at the time, you're going to see a one year, $11 million deal for Joey Gallo. Maybe a one-year, $7, 8000000 million deal for A.J. Pollock. One-year, $10 million deal for Michael Waka. One-year, $9 million deal for Michael Fulmer. One-year, the list goes on. Whoever you, whoever you, they want, whoever you can think of, like, is a possibility on a one-year deal for this club with free agency now. Uh, almost over, basically. Almost over. The market's almost at its at its end here as we're, uh, we're only into the new year. It's January 3rd, but it, it's moved very quickly. And I think for the second offseason in a row, 
this front office got played by the calendar a little bit more than they got played by the offseason or what you would usually expect. Or they got played by the offseason more than the calendar. I think their their whole thing and their strategy, which I think at times benefits them for sure, is to wait this thing out. We're going to wait this thing out. We're going to wait this thing out. We're going to wait this thing out. And then when we come in in at the end of January and February and we got $30 million in payroll space for the season and ever, all the big dogs have eaten and even the mid-tier teams have eaten, they're done, their payrolls are, are stacked to the brim, we look at the free agent market and say, we can get two or three of these guys now on what we viewed as below market deals before the big free agent frenzy. That that's how they sign. I would argue that's how they signed Josh Donaldson in some ways, although that was mid-January and they got him, you know, at market, I would say at market value, four for 92 million by definition, by market value on the free agent market. But I think they view it as more their deal than what the player is is seeking at the beginning of the offseason. It's more what what the twins want on a contract. I would argue that's how Josh Donaldson happened. You know, Marvin Gonzalez, Logan Morrison, Lance Lynn. So just down the list of guys they've signed late. And they've made late moves to late trades. The Taylor Rogers trade, like two nights before opening day. The uh, Kenta Maeda trade. Bruce Dargratero, Kenta Maeda in February of 2020. They make these trades. They make these moves late in the offseason because I think they view it as an advantage for themselves. The problem with that the last two years is because of the lockout, you saw a bunch of guys sign right before the lockout commenced, and the Twins weren't really involved. They'd only signed Dylan Bundy. And then as soon as the lockout was over, the Twins were the most active team in baseball. They're making a bunch of moves, trades, signings. And Correa fell into their laps, certainly, and I think their strategy played into that. They traded away Josh Donaldson. They were there for Carlos Correa. They had the payroll space to get him on a quasi one-year, $35.1 million deal. They were there at the end for Carlos Correa. The calendar played them a little bit. The offseason played them a little bit at the beginning, like I said earlier with the starting pitchers. They just flew off the board. You got guys flying off the board. This year, again, I think they've been played by the offseason speed more than the calendar, and they've been played by the market a little bit more than even the offseason or the calendar. The market value of who the, the booming salaries we saw in free agency, that, that's not what they're looking for. That's 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 not the area that they shop in. And also the, the offseason moved fast. It moved quickly, guys. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. All of a sudden, we're talking about Michael Waka on a one-year deal. And if the Twins had signed Correa or the Twins had signed Xander Bogarts or signed Ansley Swanson or signed Jose Abreu, guys, I really wanted them to sign. And then they went out and showed interest and ended up signing Michael Walk. I don't know if they will. It's unlikely they will. It's always unlikely. Interest is interest, whatever. If they went out and did that after they already made their big moves, it's a completely different conversation. But when they're doing this as part of their big, you know, three big moves, which is Joey Gallo, Christian Vasquez, and Michael Waka, it's underwhelming. Of course, it's underwhelming after an offseason where we had high hopes for what they would do and, and how they would improve this roster this winter. This is where we're at now. It's, you know, they're going to have to make the best of, of what's in front of them. And I think a lot of trades are coming for this team. I think they're going to shake it up. I think you're going to see Max Kepler moved. I don't know when that's going to happen. I thought it would happen by now. But Max Kepler, you're going to see moved. I'm almost sure of that. I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure you're going to see him moved. And the with every passing day, it seems less and less likely. But this is when trades start to happen because the free agent market, like I said, is over. Free agent market's coming to a close. 
now teams start to make trades after they've already decided or seen what's played out in free agency. You will see trades. I, I don't know if that's going to involve the Twins trading away Sonny Gray. Dan Hayes and Aaron Gleeman were, were reporting slash speculating on that today. What that might look like if they signed Michael Walker and then maybe traded Sonny Gray for a top 100 prospect. But it would just be, like they said, I think Aaron said it, be weird. You traded Chase Petty, your first round pick last year, for Sonny Gray for two years of control. You have him at a modest $12.5 million salary on a one-year deal and you would trade him away right away. I mean, I don't expect Sonny Gray to be a twin in 2024. I don't think he's going to resign. They just they have no history of doing that at all. This front office, they and I don't know if Sonny would do it. I just I don't see him here. He's 33. I don't see him here beyond 2023. He's a free agent after this season. So maybe they look at it and say, "We're going to sign Waka and we'll trade away Sonny Gray and and save the, I don't know what they're saving more salary for. I guess Waka's probably going to sign for 12 or 13 million. That's nothing for a starting pitcher. The Twins signed Jay Happ for one year and eight million. The next season he was, I think he's out of the league. Did he retire? I don't know. But one year, 10, 11, 12 million for a starter, that's pretty standard. Like Mike Clevenger, I think, got 11 or 12. That's just, that's the market. And I think that's what you're looking at for someone like Walker, someone like Cueto. If the Twins were to trade away Sonny Gray and sign Michael Walker, it would be weird. Like that's just a weird thing to do. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think you're going to see trades. I think you're going to see big leaguers traded. I think you're going to see potentially prospects traded as the Twins not only think about 2023, but they're constantly thinking about beyond 2023. What is 2024? What is 2025? What does 2026 look like? And the most of that, thinking about 2024, is that they will lose three starters out of the rotation in Mali, Maeda, and Gray to free agency. You have to prep for that a year in advance or you risk what happened at the end of 2021, which is we traded away Jose Barrios, Kenta Maeda's Tommy John surgery. We lost Michael Pineda in free agency. We got nobody in the rotation outside of Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober, and it creates a really tough offseason where you're you're really up against it. It's it's hard to even put it together at all of rotation when you have that many holes and you know payroll restraints, self self-imposed payroll restraints. So they're they're gonna plan for 2024 in the next couple of weeks as well. So I'll keep that in mind with all of these moves as they're always thinking about the future and thinking about what's next, but it should be fascinating. I'm very interested to see what happens here. And I'm going to have you covered at Locked on Twins. Thank you for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. And I'll make your next listen, the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast hosted by Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you so much. Have a great day, and go Twins.